You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenges. I am a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is an exciting and a special one as I've got my colleague and PFF cap analyst, cap guru, expert, whatever you want to consider him, my man Brad Spielberger, aka PFF underscore Brad. You can find him on Twitter with that handle. Free agency is now pretty much two weeks away. It's crept up on us pretty damn quickly here. Uh, It's pretty crazy to think how quickly it came, but my man Brad, how are you doing? I appreciate you for taking the time to join us today. So it's doing great. Thank you for having me on. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Definitely snuck up on us as it always seems to do. Uh, the NFL calendar is a 365-day calendar, but uh, this is my regular season coming up here in two weeks. Right. I was going to say, you know, you've kind of been on the sidelines for a little while now, but um, this is your time of year, and that's why we've got you on. You know, nobody knows the cat better than Brad, which is uh, an honor to get you on here. But, you know, we're going to begin with just kind of what you make of the Los Angeles Rams' current cap situation. Do you think, you know, when you look at the table, their salary cap table, meaning and by the way, you guys should use over the cap because that is just the best resource when it comes to cap resources, uh, according to the NFL. So when you look at the table, do you think there are any clear cut candidates to be either cut or maybe even guys that you think um, could be traded? I know you wrote a piece at PFF maybe a week ago at this point. I can't recall when, but uh, you suggested that, you know, defensive tackle Michael Brockers may be a guy that the Rams look to cut ultimately with a post June one designation. Yeah, no, there's uh, not a ton of candidates, but I do think uh, those interior defensive linemen, uh, whether it be Michael Brockers or uh, potentially Ashawn Robinson, which you responded with, I do think those guys are, are probably the most likely candidates, if any. Uh, obviously, Sebastian Joseph Day kind of emerged at the end of last year, played a lot of good football. Um, and Brockers signing, as Rams fans, of course, remember, you know, he had a deal in principle with the Ravens last offseason that kind of fell through as, as all sorts of things fell through last offseason. And so the Rams were able to bring him back in. Uh, but I think it's possible they move on there, uh, could clear about $5 million with a regular cut or, you know, even a good chunk more if they do go the post-June 1 route. But they might need to, you know, clear as much cap space as possible uh, in the short term just to be cap compliant. Because if you do that post-June 1 cut, then you don't actually get that space until June 2nd. So they might not have that luxury. Um, again, I don't know if Rams fans remember this, but they were actually not cap compliant for a second last year. Um, you get about 24 hours of a grace period to fix that. So I'm sure they're trying to avoid that uh, two off seasons in a row. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that second bit there. That's fascinating. And like you mentioned, obviously, the post June one is kind of a hairy situation, so to speak, because you don't get the money until post June one. So um, very fascinating. You know, I think Ashawn Robinson is probably a good candidate to look at there. But again, you know, he saves a little bit less money than Michael Brockers. And we know that the Rams are currently over the cap in the 34-ish million range, depending on where the salary cap ends up being. We don't even know that number just yet. So they're going to need to save a lot of money. Obviously, they're going to need to find ways to make cuts. So with that being the case, do you expect when you look at the roster, the money, uh, any particular players in you know their current roster to be restructed, their current deals? Or do you think you know with the recent addition of Matthew Stafford that they could potentially do anything with his current deal? Yeah, so there's four very obvious restructures that I'm not going to say are foregone conclusions, but I would be surprised if they don't happen. Um, First, the two extensions to the wide receivers last year uh, and Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, and and Cooper Cup. 
Um, those deals were structured in a way to suggest that they already kind of had a restructure in mind. Um, and if they restructure Woods, they can clear $9.1 million. Uh, and if they, you know, max restructure Cup, they can clear about $8 million. And so the reason why I say it's kind of – it was structured in a way to suggest that it would be done is because those guys' base salaries are fully guaranteed for 2021 anyways. Um, so, you know, they, they were going to get that money regardless. So why not, if you're the Rams, just give it to them up front and, and clear, you know, obviously $17 million between the two of them. And then Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald also – both have their base salaries as fully guaranteed. Um, you know, so again, regardless, they're getting that money. Um, and those two are even bigger. So if you restructure Ramsey, max restructure, you can clear over $13 million. And Aaron Donald, he might actually want a, an extension as opposed to restructure. But regardless, if you restructure there, you clear about $14.2 million. So just those four moves, like I said, which I, I somewhat expect. Um, and you're clearing a total of $44.5 million, and all of that money was already fully guaranteed regardless, so you're not really taking anything on the chin. You're not making it more difficult to get out of the deal. I mean, I suppose you are, but that money was fully guaranteed anyway. And then lastly with Stafford, I think it's possible they look to, again, maybe extension as opposed to restructure, but you know, given that he's new guy in the fold and stuff like that, maybe they want to play a season and then look to extend. He has a $10 million roster bonus this year. I could see that get converted into a signing bonus, uh, and they could save about $6.66 million there. So those five moves and are already saving over $50 million. Yeah, I think those are the five main moves that I've talked about really over the last few weeks, and, and you did a great job breaking that down. So thank you on that. But you know, I, I think more teams are probably going to utilize that restructure when it comes to this offseason. It's obviously very weird with the whole COVID thing and the salary cap going down as opposed to going up. I'm not sure that it's ever really gone down over the course of either of our lifetimes. So uh, kind of an unprecedented situation in that regard. In the next segment, though, we're going to talk about whether the Rams should ultimately use that franchise tag on some of their upcoming free agents and how we expect the market to develop for those guys. Just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP. You can find the page at Locked on Rams. And you can find Brad at PFF underscore Brad. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets. And it is free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, with players fleeing the Houston Texans, what NFL team will be the worst to play for in 2021? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. I've got resident PFF cap analyst Brad Spielberger with me here. And I did mention before the break that we are going to talk about the franchise tag. It is a thing that the Rams have very much utilized in the past. We've seen it with guys like Trumaine Johnson getting tagged twice. I want to say Robert Quinn might have gotten franchise tag in the past. Uh, Off the top of my head, it's hard to recall everyone that got franchised, but the Rams have utilized it pretty often. So, you know, going into this offseason, obviously the situation when it comes to the salary cap space right now is very questionable, which kind of dampens the idea that maybe they should or should not utilize it here. When you look at some of their bigger named free agents, some of the bigger prize possessions, guys like John Johnson, Leonard Floyd, do you think the Rams are going to 
or should utilize the franchise tag for either of those guys? Yeah, so like you said, it's definitely something they've used before, and I may have misheard, but I don't know if you included LaMarcus Joyner on there, but he obviously received the franchise tag from the Rams uh, at safety, and so I do think, obviously different players, but I do think John Johnson III is the most obvious and most likely candidate if they were to go the franchise tag route. Um, You know, this drop in the cap kind of, I think a lot of folks are viewing it as, oh, teams are going to shy away from using the franchise tag because they have less cap space. But at the same time, the the cap determines the franchise tag. So those are also kind of great bargain discounts um, from the team side, of course. And and so a franchise tag for John Johnson would be about $10.5 million. We, of course, don't know the exact uh, salary cap yet, but $10.5 to $11 million, which, you know, in my opinion, is still a bargain for John Johnson. Uh, I think he will get more than that on a per-year basis if he does reach free agency or even, you know, potentially sign a long-term deal with with the Rams. You know, it is a loaded free safety class, but, you know, when healthy, he's a do-it-all safety that that can, you know, really just, you know, flip the field, change the game uh, in a major way. So I think he's the most obvious candidate. You know, I think working against that a bit is, is they've obviously addressed the safety position, you know, consistently the last several years. Uh, I want to say in 2019, their first pick of their, you know, for them in the second round was Taylor Rapp. They obviously took Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller last year. Um, Fuller, you know, the later pick in the sixth kind of came on earlier than Burgess and looked really good. But yeah, so so that kind of works against it a bit. But still, you can never have too many playmakers in the back end. Um, and I think if they can make everything else work, everything else fit, then I think they will explore um, franchise tagging John Johnson. But again, as I mentioned, maybe at that point, if you know you're going to do that, you maybe start to explore an extension because then you can lower his cap hit in 2021 uh, and keep the whole band together. Yeah, and I think that's going to be something very uh, much aligned with where Rams fans are right now. They definitely want John Johnson back. I definitely think the Rams should prioritize him. Uh, When you look at the number one ranked secondary last year, according to pretty much any metric across the board, it was the Rams and John Johnson played a big part of that. And to me, you know, if you can stick that secondary together, keep those guys together uh, in a passing league, you got to try to do that as best as possible. So it's very fascinating to hear that, you know, they could ultimately utilize either the franchise tag or a long-term extension for John Johnson. Now, talking about some of the other names, and I guess John Johnson included, if these guys reach the market, you know, guys like Floyd, Troy Hill, John Johnson, the bigger names, maybe even Austin Blythe. How do you expect their markets to sort of develop in terms of, you know, if they do ultimately reach the free agent market here? Yeah, so Floyd's an interesting one. Obviously, I'm familiar. Uh, I'm a a Chicago guy. So, um, you know, Leonard Floyd, I think, has kind of found himself in in kind of that Jadavion Clowney zone where he's a good edge rusher. But at the end of the day, he's really just good at setting the edge and playing the run. And, yeah, you know, he generates the occasional pressure off the edge and is is a fine pass rusher. But you know, top 10 pick, obviously not first overall pick like Clowney, but, you know, ninth overall pick and, and was expected to kind of develop into a, you know, a true number one edge um, in terms of rushing the quarterback. And it's not really his game, but still a really solid player. Um, you know, I still think so basically last offseason, he was set to make about 13.2 million on his fifth year option. Uh, the Bears went ahead and cut him to avoid any of that money. And he signed on with the Rams to, you know, for about 10 million in base value, uh, earned some incentives, you know, had his, his most sacks in a season, stuff like that. So almost recovered that full amount. But I still think he's kind of going to fall in that range of like 13 to 15 million per year. Because again, he's just really not a, you know, a pass rushing edge, so to speak. And that's where the big money, you know, that's how you start making, you know, 18, 20 million per year. So I still think, think he's kind of in that second market, um, which, yeah, I don't know if the Rams can go there given their, you know, expenditures on the defensive line. Um, but they obviously, you know, are losing both him, him and Ebukam on the edge. So maybe they do try to make something work there. Troy Hill, great player. I think this year was interesting. Obviously, 
you know, showed a lot of versatility playing inside and outside. Um, you know, had been traditionally, I want to say, playing more on the outside and got kind of got slid into the slot this year. I may have that backwards, but uh, either way, um, you know, I think when you can show the versatility like that on the back end, um, when you can get moved all over as a chess piece in the secondary, you know, I think teams definitely value that. Um, and, and he's shown that, but, but I think again, the fact he's a bit, a little bit older, um, at, at a position that frankly is known to kind of fall off pretty quickly. You know, my projection for him right now is a two year, I want to say 10 or $11 million deal. So about five, five and a half million, you know, solid deal. Um, should get a decent chunk of guarantees, but not going to get, probably not going to get priced out of LA. Um, it's possible. Um, but no, I don't think he's going to sign any sort of like, you know, big time contract, um, just given where he is, you know, career wise. And then obviously we discussed John Johnson. Yeah, I think if he does hit the market, he's looking at 13 to 14 million per year, um, you know, near the top of the safety market. Right now, Buda Baker, um, you know, division rival Buda Baker is, is the highest paid safety in the NFL at about 14.75 million. And I do think that that safety position is in need of a massive reset. It's one of the lagging position markets and, and it's kind of, you know, hasn't really exploded like, like other, obviously like Ramsey, you know, did for corner, for example. So this class could push past it. But there's also so many good free safeties this offseason. So maybe because there's so many options, it also kind of works against and suppresses their market. Um, but definitely think he will be one of the highest paid safeties if, if he does reach free agency or, again, if, if the Rams try to make it work. Um, and then Blythe, you know, solid interior offensive lineman. But I think at this point, probably proven to be more of a depth piece um, that can start in a pinch. Um, not Probably not a guy you want to come into the year knowing he's your starter. Um, so, you know, I don't think much They're probably, you know, two years, 8 million, something like that. That might even be high end, um, you know, decent young player, um, can play guard and center, but, but yeah, I just don't know if the team looks at him as a guy that they, you know, want to come in. Okay. This guy's our starting, you know, interior offensive lineman. Brad, look at you. I mean, you may as well be a Rams fan with that level of breaking down. That is, uh, invaluable, my man. Thank you for sharing that. You know, um, mostly I, I would agree with, you know, pretty much everything you said there in terms of Leonard Floyd, solid player, but you know, I just wouldn't be very comfortable with committing to a long-term deal. That is a lot of money. We've seen guys like, you know, even before him, Dante Fowler come from Jacksonville, where I guess you could probably label him as a bust comes to LA, puts together a career year, or he might've been there for a year and a half. So two career years basically hits the market. And then the Atlanta Falcons pay him a big deal. I think it was around 15 million per year. And now he's being discussed, you know, just one off season later as a potential cut candidate. So Playing next to number 99, Aaron Donald, I think is going to boost your value. Obviously, you're going to get a lot more single coverage, a lot less, you know, double teams, all that kind of stuff. You, the Rams like to utilize the stunts up front. It's going to help guys sack numbers and stack up some of that production in terms of the, you know, box score statistics. So that's something to obviously look out for. And I think ultimately, you know, Leonard Floyd is probably going to hit the market if, you know, I had to guess and very likely is going to find a different team. And I think the Rams will probably look to replace him with one of the veteran edges that are going to hit the market because that class, like you mentioned, with the safety class is insanely deep in my opinion. And the Rams will probably be best served to go find another guy on a short-term deal, whether that be a one-year contract, someone looking to rehab their value, maybe a guy like Jadavian Clowney. And that is exactly what we are going to talk about in the next segment. We're going to talk about some logical connections that could find their way to LA in the free agent market. And make sure to keep checking back with the Locked on Rams podcast as we continue our off-season coverage for the Los Angeles Rams. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS information. Over the last two and a half years, I have lost 155 pounds. And over that journey, I can tell you guys that I have tried every protein bar, cookie, every protein dessert, snack on the market. And there is nothing like the Built Bar 
None of them really compare. They have by far the best texture of any protein bar I've ever tried in my entire life. It's more cakey. It's more batter-like. It is unlike any other protein bar on the market. And their flavor is absolutely amazing. They have 18 different flavors. I promise you, you can never really get bored. There is so much variety. And they are low calorie, they're low in sugar, they have 19 grams of protein per bar, they're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises with Tony Wiggins and James Repine. And they're joined every week by a locked-on draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week? Or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys, as always, for sticking around this long with me. And, you know, this has been one of my favorite episodes since taking over as the Locked On Rams host in August. I think we're all going to learn a ton listening to this episode, listening to Brad, PFF underscore Brad, break down where the Rams currently are in terms of their salary cap, what we can expect from their upcoming free agents, and whether or not the Rams are going to be players in this free agent market. It's going to be a very weird situation going into this offseason, going into free agency here, very confusing with the salary cap not even being set, obviously it being a offseason unlike any other, you know, we've never really experienced this. But, you know, when you look at some of the more logical connections to the Los Angeles Rams, I think most people would agree on some of the names. You see guys like Jadavian Clowney, the former Tennessee Titans edge rusher, which still seems weird to say because it felt like, you know, I blinked and he joined the team and I blinked and he was gone or potentially could be gone. You got to look at obviously former Atlanta Falcons players with Raheem Morris there, former defensive coordinator slash interim head coach now taking over for Brandon Staley as the defensive coordinator in LA. I think guys like DeMonte Casey, Keanu Neal, all guys to look out for specifically Neal, especially if the Rams do let a guy like John Johnson walk in free agency. And then everybody's favorite, the number one guy, I think the most logical connection, the most logical fit. Everyone is basically expecting this man to find his way somehow home, you know, because he is a California guy pairing with that same quarterback that he's played with over the last four or five seasons. That's Detroit Lions or former Detroit Lions wide receiver Marvin Jones. The Lions look like they're going to start to transition into more of a rebuild, which obviously makes a lot of sense. And I think Marvin Jones, a guy who has now crossed that 30-year-old threshold, is going to be looking to you know, play some meaningful football games, get into the playoffs, try and win a ring. I'm sure he would love to come home to California. We've already seen him. You know, Someone mentioned the Rams should. Uh, look to add a guy like Marvin Jones on Twitter. And he quote tweeted it with a little Tupac gift throwing up the West side symbol. So, you know, I'm sure he would love to find his way back home. Now, when you look at, you know, some of these names, some of these players, do you think any of these guys could be a fit with the Rams current cap situation? And we did talk about, you know, the ways that they could make a lot more space. And just in general, do you expect the Rams to be players in this free agency period? So, you know, the Rams have shown that they will do whatever it takes. Um, you know, the cap is just an idea to them. Um, so I'm not going to say they're not going to be players because I, I would look foolish to say that. Um, obviously, they're going to have their challenges and, and they got to do a bunch of things just to get, you know, under the cap in the, in the short term. And then they can see if they can kind of get into the waters of free agency. But, you know, I do think that 
we've heard a lot about this offseason how, you know, even players have suggested, like, maybe there's going to be some quote-unquote super teams and that some free agents are going to say, look, I'm not going to get the multi-year deal I think I deserve. Therefore, I should just sign a one-year flyer for a bit of a discount, try to have a good year on a good team, you know, maybe go ring chasing, and then try to hit the market in 2022 and sign that big long-term deal. Um, and so I think that certainly works in the Rams' favor. I mean, they're obviously, if you want to talk about a super team, I, I think the list starts, you know, if not starts with them, they're, they're very much so, you know, one of the first three or four teams you mentioned. So I mean, right, right off top with Clowney, I think his deal would be the exact same as he signed last year, and I think it would be the exact same as Leonard Floyd's from this past season, where it's a one-year flyer. He signed for about $12 million last year. He, again, probably wants you know a deal that's larger than he's actually going to get in free agency. And so I could see him once again opting for that one-year flyer amount. I'd say the same as Leonard Floyd because what the Rams did there is it was a one-year $10 million deal, but they added what are called void years onto the end of that deal to hold some signing bonus money, basically to create more cap space. Um, so I can see the exact same thing with Clowney, where he signs like a, you know another one-year $12 million deal, but they push, you know let's say, seven or eight of that into the future. Um, so all he's hitting on the cap you know in 2021 is 4 or $5 million. I think that's very possible um, if he's interested and if he wants to, like you said, it can be smart to play opposite 99. Uh, everybody looks good next to 99. So maybe he'll finally break out and have that, you know, 10 sack season that he probably thinks he needs to finally get that long-term deal he, he thinks he deserves. Um, so it's, I, I can see that happening for sure. With Keanu Neal, obviously interesting because the Raheem Morris connection. He's that, you know, great single high safety where he plays down in the box and does his best, best work near the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, cutting off underneath routes, but also just laying the lumber in the run game. Um, and, and look, he played well on the fifth-year option last year. There's a reason why the Falcons stuck by him as he dealt with some injuries, because he is an impact player when healthy. Um, and he played, I want to say, just a hair under 1,000 snaps last year. So he's obviously, you know, back in good form. None of his injuries were, were like, you know, particularly suggested that, you know, he would get re-injured or anything like that, just, you know, nicks and bruises and, you know, things along the way. Um, so I, I could see that one as well. But it does sound like um, he might have a bit of a bigger market than some folks expect. A ton of free safety available this offseason, not a ton of guys like him. Um, so maybe, you know, a couple teams that play that traditional kind of cover three look to add him, you know, and bring him in. And then I do think the Marvin Jones connection makes a lot of sense. You know, he still is deserving of a decent deal. You know, he kind of operated as the number one receiver in Detroit last year because Kenny Galladay played about five games uh, in total. So, you know, still put up, I want to say, a 1,000 yards for, I think, second season in a row. Uh, had a good amount of touchdowns, stuff like that. Um, not only does the connection to Stafford make sense, but I also think kind of that big-bodied, go-up-and-get-it, jump-ball receiver, you know, is potentially a piece that, that could really help the Rams. You know, not the speed element that, that Brandon Cooks brought, which also would help take the top off the defense, but in a different way can take the top off by just, you know, defenses knowing, like, you can't let this guy get behind you because if Stafford lobs up a prayer, odds are Marvin Jones is the guy coming down with it. I think he'll probably sign for about 8 to $9 million per year, um, probably like a three-year deal. It'll be the last substantial deal of his career, presumably. Um, but I could see, again, I could see him. I, I didn't know he was a Cali guy, so that, that only adds to, you know, that only works more in your favor. Um, I could definitely see that one as well. I think it's a fit for all parties. Um, you know, he's now, I want to say, 30, and, he, and he's been in Detroit for a handful of years, winning, you know, five games a season. So, um, and again, another guy where, if not, and if he's not getting the market he wanted, then say, okay, I'll sign for one year, $5 million, you know, team up with my guy Stafford, try to go ring chasing, or at least just make the playoffs for the first time in you know, several years, um, and then try to see if I can get you know, one more substantial deal. But yeah, so all three of those guys, 
I mean, I'm not going to say they don't make sense because they make sense from a financial perspective if it works out, and they definitely make sense from a football perspective. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly where I'm at. You know, I think the Rams, like you mentioned, are one of the teams that are going to be in play here to try and, you know, find some bargain value guys for one-year deals that, you know, want to join a team that is not only going to probably be in the playoffs, maybe in the Super Bowl hunt, but that is probably going to maximize their earning potential down the line, right? You got to think about it. I th- and this is, you know, easy for me to say sitting on my couch watching these guys, but maybe for a guy like Jadavian Clowney, it does make sense to, you know, maybe leave two, three, four million dollars on the table this year and then get a chance to go try and resurrect your career. So, you know, so to speak next to number 99, try to put together that 12, 15 sack season, whatever it may be, and then go hit the market again next year when the cap rises and to try and actually find that, you know, $20 million per year deal that he's always been after, which just doesn't seem likely at this point. So I do think the Rams are going to be somewhat of a player. I don't know to what degree. It's obviously going to depend on, you know, how much space they can create going back to that very first segment that we talked about. But Brad, my man, this was a true honor, a pleasure. I'm thankful that you hopped on here. You did a great job breaking it down. I think Rams fans are going to very much enjoy this episode, my man. And uh, I'm going to let you get back to work because I know you're probably pretty busy over at PFF. Uh, I see it with my own two eyes. So I appreciate you, my man, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Sosa. I appreciate it. Absolutely.